It never fails. Yeah, it never yeah. fails. Really? Every video I've ever done, somehow we managed to time it right. And the guy, it's kind of like they call up, are they filming today? <laughs> Good, we'll be down to blow the parking lot. <laughs> Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. And if you like this podcast, please like and share and subscribe to it. We'd love to have as many people possible to join in the conversation. I'm, I'm today with me is, is Shihan Nick Wilson. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. So uh, Mr. Wilson is my good friend. He's trained with me for almost 30 years and a team member. And we've done a lot of training together and hanging out and thought today we would just talk about the Satori lifestyle and, and, you know, kind of overcoming challenges. I know you've had a few lately and, and, uh, just kind of what, what, what makes you you uh, get up in the morning and, and 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 keep going the right direction? So I thought I'd start by by uh, you and I are both uh, uh, you know, we're both pretty focused on staying staying uh, what in shape and that's a that's a priority. And you and I talk a little bit about in martial arts training how uh, someone that maybe stays fit versus someone that doesn't the the, the different if effect it has on them. So I think and maybe you're the one that kind of gave me this analogy. It's kind of like. Uh, tuning up your car, right? So if I'm if I'm running my car at 100 miles an hour, you know, every day something's going to break down eventually. But if I'm, you know, running my car at the speed limit and I'm getting it, you know, tuned up and oil changes and spark plugs and all that kind of stuff, it's going to run a lot longer. So, you know, thinking of your your body as you know a, a vessel of hey, I want my body to work for a long time. I I can't go 100 miles an hour. I, I, you know, it's like Icarus, right? I can't fly that close to the sun. Otherwise, I'm going to get burned. So. Um, you know, making sure that it, and we're going to probably touch on it today of what are the things I need to do to take care of my body so I can train or, or, you know, do the things that I love to do, whether it's martial arts or some other kind of activity, um, for a long period of time. Yeah. You know, I've seen so many people from my generation of martial arts that, that used to train and aren't anymore and Hey, good people, hardworking, tough people. But what they did is they, they, that, that, that car analogy, it's like, you know, they didn't take the time to get it tuned up or let's imagine if you're a race car and you know, you want, you want to be able to, you never know when you're going to have to make that race happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? You're not just going to leave it in the shop. You're going to get that car out on the track and you're going to keep it tuned up. And every now and then you're going to take a corner fast. Every now and then you might pass someone, but the rest of the time you're just going to, you're going to be pace yourself. And if you ever need to, it's there for you. And a lot of the guys in my generation were just racing all the time, so to speak. And inevitably something's going to break. And the other thing that it's kind of like when you're, uh, you, you know, the, the paradigm that I had several years back is that I don't do martial arts to get in shape. I try to stay in shape so I can do martial arts and, and kind of explain what, what does that mean to you, the difference between the two? Well, you know, this is something that we've, we've talked about a lot recently is, you know, keeping your, keeping your body working, keeping it functioning. Um, and there's so much that goes into that. You know, there's a, there's a reason that, professional athletes, you know, NFL players, basketball, NBA players, they have a strength and conditioning program, right? There's a reason that they have that. It's because that's going to lead, that's going to keep them from getting injured, right? There's a reason that they have a professional, you know, physical therapist on staff and someone that goes around and makes sure that they're, you know, taking an ice bath and all that kind of stuff, the recovery and the stretching because they have to, they can't just go out and play basketball, right? So with us, what are the things that we need to do 
outside of just training martial arts to keep our bodies functioning at a high level. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, imagine you're going to go to battle and, uh, you have armor on versus not having armor on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you might, you might go to battle and just be such a talented sword and sword, you know, that you beat five guys that have armor on, but bottom line is armor is going to keep you protected. Right. And mm-hmm. kind of like it being fit helps, helps that happen. Right. It keeps the body mm-hmm. flexible and tight and willing to endure. And as a matter of fact, you had an interesting thing happen a couple of weeks ago. And I think your level of fitness really in, made an incredibly big difference. And the reason why you and I are able to talk here right now. So share to share with everybody what happened a couple of weeks back. So yeah, about a, a week and a half ago, I got rear ended. I was coming to a stop. I got hit probably going 50 miles an hour and got pushed into a truck in front of me and hit my head on the steering wheel, broke my nose, you know, got, you know, my back hurts and I got a really tiny car, by the way, it's a, it's a Toyota Yaris. So it's not the biggest car you had. I a had Toyota a car. Yaris. So it's total now, right? But, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't yeah, want to rub no, it in there. No, I didn't want to rub it in. No, Just, I had a car. Exactly. So, you know, but I was thinking about that, you know, on my way home is, you know, you know that I, I usually grapple four, five days a week, and you know I'm not going 100 percent each time. But you know the about the amount of core strength it takes in your back, in your hips, in your neck, in your shoulders to to kind of tr- grapple. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I really feel like that helped me. 100 percent. Getting you know in the car crash, like I I would have been a lot more hurt if my my core and my <laughs> neck had been, you know, if I just had like, you know, a desk job and I didn't do any exercise at all. Right. Totally. And and you also broke the steering wheel with your face, right? I bent the steering wheel. Bent the steering wheel. That's even even worse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so the bottom line is this, we don't know what would have happened if, you know, if if you, if you were more sedentary, but the bottom line is there's no doubt in my mind that, that, that the reason we were able to walk out of it was because, you know, your fitness level certainly helped a lot. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And so, so I guess the bottom line is the way I've always looked looked at it is is or I should say always in my later years that sounds that sounds wrong in my later years in my mid years how's that uh, uh, is, is that health fitness martial arts that's mm-hmm. the order mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and I, I want to stay healthy over being fit and and what what's the difference there's a massive difference if you look at if you know like a bodybuilder about ready to go into competition they're really fit but they're not necessarily healthy or a fighter mm-hmm. how many how many times has a fighter gone into the ring and they're not even healthy right you know they've they've cut them they, they've done it's extremely you know, weight cuts and they've got, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a three bruised ribs, you know, or broken ribs. Sure. You know? and, and so health first and fitness, and that's going to allow us longevity in martial arts training. So why do you think that, that, cause people know this, this is not rocket science. So why do you think it's so hard for so many people to, to, to make health and fitness a priority? Well, I think it's, it's kind of like, you know, do it for us. Like martial arts is, is, is like our candy. Like that's the fun stuff. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I usually run three days a week, but I don't really like to run. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not my favorite thing to do. You know, will I do pushups? Sure. Are they my favorite thing to do? Not, not no. really, but right? they're fun being done. It's, it's fun, fun being done. done. <laughs> it's fun being done. And so what I, if I was to choose between running three miles and doing a hundred pushups or you know, grappling for an hour, I'd probably put grappling for an hour cause it's a little bit more fun, but those are the things that I need to do. So I think, you know, I think bottom line, it goes back to like, you know, eating your vegetables and brushing your teeth. It's like things that you don't really want to do, but you know that they're good for you. And, um, I think, you know, for strength and conditioning, when you look at professional athletes, they, 
they have a staff that's that's around them, mm-hmm. that's coaching them, that's telling them to do the, those types of things. So I kind of try to think of, okay, if I if I was a professional athlete and I had a full staff, what would what would my coaches be telling me to do? And can you do that anyway, right? And can I do that anyway that without anybody telling me to do yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, we've talked about that forever, right? What I try always look at is that a couple different things is what would my future self thank me for doing today? Right. Because where you are today is based on your habits that you had yesterday and the day before. Right. And and so uh, it's I look at it like this. There's what I should do and what I want to do and what I am doing. And sometimes those line up. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're doing what you should do, what you want to do, what you are doing. But a lot of times you're faced with a choice. Ah, This is what I should do. This is what I want to do. Well, guess what? Make sure you do the, the, the rule is what should you do and then follow mm-hmm. through. That's not always easy, but uh, you never look back. It's kind of like when you, you never look back after a productive day uh, and think, wow, I wished I wouldn't have exercised today or wow, I wished I wouldn't have done my meditation or I wish I'd eaten more crap this morning. You, you never think that you're, mm-hmm. you know, you never regret this piece of the second piece of cake you didn't eat. You sure. <laughs> well, you know, you and I are big fans of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Benny the jet. Right. And we've gone down and we've got an opportunity to train with him several times. And would you, maybe for our viewers, could you kind of explain who he is? And yeah, I, uh, Sensei Benny the jet or Kitas is, uh, you know, considered by many people, the greatest kickboxer that ever lived. And, uh, arguably it's absolutely true. I, you know, he, I think he has like a, uh, you know, undefeated record, uh, uh, like over 60 fights. He was, uh, a, 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 you know, really proficient in, in karate tournaments in the early 70s, or the late 60s, early 70s, and then went on to become the WK world champion for like 20 years. And and just a really amazing guy. And he, I think he's in his mid-70s now, and he still moves incredibly well, as you've seen. And and he's got this, this you know, this approach uh, to training that, that he trains very intense, but he really respects his body. And, uh, and he uh, is all about longevity and so, you know, there's so many lessons. This interesting that you bring his name up, you know, because he's not just physically like good. He's all this, this really deep guy, which is always cool when you, you got a guy that's like Sensei Benny, mm-hmm. who's also super like, like, you know, just kind of deep. And he's the kind of guy, I mean, you've had conversations with him where you can like, you, you he can read right through you kind of sort of, mm-hmm. you know, you look at him and, and, you know, you can't, you can't, uh, 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 you know, he, he'll figure out right away. And some of the stuff that he'll do is like, for example, uh, if you ever go out to dinner with him or lunch, and I think you've eaten with him before, mm-hmm. is that if he's eating and he's in your presence, that means you're an okay guy. <laughs> because what he won't do, if he ends up being somewhere where he doesn't like the people he's with, he won't eat because he doesn't feel like he wants to ingest that negative energy. It's just <laughs> one, of, just a little kind of a, a, a quirky thing. Well, I'm and, glad he ate in front of me then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and one of the things, uh, you know, I have a good friend, his name is Farbors. Of course, you know Farbors is Jacques, runs an incredibly successful school down in Woodland Hills, California, and that's where Sensei Benny teaches. And, 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 uh, Sensei Farbors, I hope I get this story right, but a story about Sensei Benny. Farbors wants Sensei Benny to teach at a school because he's not teaching anywhere. And, uh, and so Farbor starts talking about how hard it is to run a martial arts school. Mm-hmm. And, and so Sensei Benny says, here's the deal, man. I'll consider working for you. I'll consider coming and teaching at your place, but that's what you got to do. Every day when you show up to the school, you, you got to put the key in the door. And before you open the door, you got to think about how lucky you are to be able to teach martial arts for a living mm-hmm. and how good your life is. And then when you, once you come inside, the first thing I do is you got to wander through the building and remember all the great times and things that have happened in the school. And if you can do that for a couple of weeks, get back to me and I'll consider teaching. And of course, Farbors calls me and tells me that he's been doing this. It's changed his life. And ever since then, I don't do it every day, but right now we're 
we're in our headquarters school, most days when I come in, first thing I do is I wander through the building and I just kind of look around and I try to remember all the amazing memories and, and, and how lucky yeah, I am to do what I love for a living. And all of a sudden the day's challenges aren't that big of a deal. Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny you say that about Benny, Jenny, uh, uh, Sensei Benny, because I think the first time you introduced him to me, he came up to me and he just, he looked me in the eye and he said, sometimes do you fear yourself? <laughs> and like, it was like, he was looking into my soul and I just said, yes, <laughs> you know, the back of the hair on the back yeah. of my neck stood up. But one of the things that he, uh, talked about one of the last times, I think the couple of times that we went, went down there to see him is he talked about, uh, what we're practicing is warfare and, physical warfare, but also mental warfare and emotional warfare and how important those things are to our training as a, you know, a, a martial artist. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot from you over the years is, you know, strategies to try to figure that out. You know, you're, you're you know, those times that you're not uh, at your best mentally or emotionally. So, um, is there anything that you wanted to share? Yeah, about you know, that? I, I think uh, I think we might just put this on hold for a second. Let's pause it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go back a little. We bit. We were doing really good when they were like trimming across and trimming. That I actually couldn't hear that at all. But yeah, well, yeah, no, and it, it usually was Wednesdays. This is Thursday, isn't it? He'll be done in a minute. It never fails. Yeah, it never yeah. fails. Really? Every video I've ever done, somehow we managed to time it right. And the guy, it's kind of like they call up, are they filming today? <laughs> good. We'll be down to blow the parking lot. Yeah. All right. We can keep it rolling. We're good. Okay. okay, cool. So one of the things that, that Benny, uh, uh, Sensei Benny talked about last time I went down there is uh, how martial arts, you're practicing warfare. And... You know, he talked about physical warfare. Yes, that's like, you know, the kicking and the punching and stuff we're all used to, but also mental warfare and emotional warfare. And I know this is something that you've really coached all of us on is all the different strategies to try to, you know, be at your best mentally, emotionally. And just to hear that from a from a different perspective, um, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, you know, it's really uh, uh, it, it's one thing to uh, to, you know, to. I, to to read something, but when you're around someone like him, you know where he's really deep, and and you know he walks his talk. It's really it's really powerful, and you know you teach what you most need to hear, and mm -hmm. you know all the stuff that I'm constantly talking about. It, I'm really saying it for my own benefit more than others, more than anything else. Well, you know, I thought we'd switch gears a little bit because okay. you're a very efficient guy, and uh, and we we'll talk about time management. I'm going to start by just saying a few general sure. things about this, and you know these principles are universal. They work for anybody, uh, regardless of the personal professional. I always look at two things, right? The difference between being effective and being efficient mm -hmm. okay being efficient is doing things right and being effective is doing the right thing so you can be very efficient with something that's a waste of your time it's kind of like you're majoring in a minor activity right mm -hmm. uh, but so I always look at okay how can I be most effective with my time and you know that that's kind of the what I'm gonna do and then efficient is how I'm gonna do it right and so those are kind of a guidelines that like like and by the way uh, you know being effective that doesn't mean you always have to be productive there's a, there's a time for downtime you know, there's a time to, uh, you know, read a novel or watch Netflix. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as, you know, you're, you're on your real schedule, you know, as long as you're, you're doing what you know you should do. And sometimes that recharge is important. And, and then I look at it like, ah, you got all these projects. I kind of break it down into uh, what I must do, what I should do, and what would be nice to do. 
right? And so you've got a bunch of stuff on your list. Uh, the first thing you do is often what we tend to, tend to do is we tend to do the easiest thing first or the funnest thing first. It's like, but, but what's most important, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then oftentimes once you do that, you get that out of the way. It just makes everything else easier. But I know you've done a lot. You, you know, you're a very self-read guy. You've done done a, done a lot of uh, work in this area. What what, would, what are your comments on on being? Because you know you're a busy guy. You know you got a career. You got a family. You got your training. You know what what are some of your keys to fitting it all in? Well, I think f- for me, and I you know, I probably got this from you. I think the the very first thing I like to do is begin with the end in mind. You know, it's a Stephen Covey principle. Mm-hmm. It's what are my goals? You know, what is it at the end of the year? At the end of six months and five years? What do I want to accomplish? in you know different areas of my life you know uh tony robbins talks about the 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 wheel of life right and so i've got my my physical health i've got my mental health i've got my career my finances all these different elements relationships and you know if i was to rate myself from one to ten on these different areas where would i rate myself Mm -hmm. and you know you're never going to be a 10 in all the areas all, all at the same time and so it's just trying to figure out what what are my goals? And then kind of reverse engineering from there. Okay. If this is my goal, what are the actions I have to take to get there? Right. And, and kind of baby step in the process. And, um, you know, as you know, there are usually things that you got to do on a daily basis, right. A weekly basis to, to kind of work towards some of those, those longer term goals. And for me, you know, I, I have to, to, think about the things that I'm doing on a constantly on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis about, and I like to use the Stephen Covey's four quadrants of mm-hmm. time management. Yep. Okay. So to, you know, I know, I know you know this, but as to, to recap, you know, quadrant one are things that are urgent and important. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm running a martial arts school and I happen to get an angry parent that walked in the door or an angry phone call, doesn't happen that often, luckily, but that's something I can't push off, right? I got to take care of it right now and it's not going to go away. Okay. So things that are kind of like, you know, the fires that you got to put mm-hmm. out on a daily basis. And then you got things that are important, but not necessarily urgent. So for us, you know, one of the things that we're constantly talking about is revamping our curriculum, right? Redoing, you know, certain aspects of it or redoing our instructor training program or things that are a little bit more longer term project. Um, not necessarily something that's going to take, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, but it is important. And if we don't do those things, it's going to turn into a quadrant one, right? Right. It's going to turn in. So it's going to turn into a fire. If I like, uh, you know, anyway, I plan something three months and you know, from now, if I don't plan it, it's going to be next week and I'm going to be scrambling. So the bottom line is we want to try to live in quadrant two if we can, you, you know, it's funny. I don't know about you, but I've lived in quadrant one so much of my life. It's like quadrant two feels like I should be doing something more urgent, right? Okay. So we have quadrant one, you know, urgent, important quadrant two, urgent, not important to take us through the other two. So a la- uh, second, a third one is things that are urgent, but not important. So we're both sitting here with our cell phones right in front of us. At here. least we haven't turned down just, Oh no, I don't <laughs> Never mind. But the ringers are off. The ringers are off. But, you know, you get a little notification, right? And what does it do? It distracts you. I got a notification. <laughs> it distracts you. It makes you want to look down and look at that. Or you've got that, you know, spam call or you've got things that kind of take you away that really aren't that important, but they're urgent. They kind of take you away. So mm-hmm. I think as much as we can do to eliminate those things, or if you have 
other people on your team, you can delegate those things off to, to kind of free you up to do a little bit more, you know, important tasks. And then the last thing is things that are not urgent and not important. So that's kind of like, you know, I'm watching Netflix, right? I'm, uh, you know, I'm playing Candy Crush on my phone, something like that. And like you said, sometimes we need to have that time. It's decompression time, right? But it's not that's not where we're spending the majority of our time. Very good. Good summary. And you know, one of the things that's interesting, it's like, a, a, you know, you go through different things, speak to you at different times in your life. And I know that, that, it, you know, I, I've always, you know, been someone that set goals and, you know, had, yeah, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've written out my you know, one year goal, my five year goal and my 10 year goal. And I think those are all really important. Uh, of course, where I've been leaning more lately is, is the old take care of the days and the years take care of themselves. And, and uh, I, I recently read a book, uh, the lion trackers guide to living by a guy named Boyd Vardy and it's really interesting and and I, I believe and and I might have the name wrong but so the story is Boyd Vardy's a fourth generation lion tracker and safari guide in South Africa his his great grandfather bought a big chunk of land and started safaris business a hundred years ago. And at the time they would, they would track and then kill the lion right now. Uh, over the years, he's now he's about, he's revitalized the land and now it's tracking lions and they take pictures and it's, it's, you know, it's very eco-friendly. And so it's really, by the way, it's a great book. And, but in one of the, uh, I believe his guide that the, the gentleman that taught him to guide when he was a kid was Sully. I want to say his name was. And uh, one time when Boyd's a little kid, he goes, so Sully, where are you going to go to find the lion? And so he looks at him and he goes, I don't know where I'm going, but I know how I'm going to get there. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, what do you mean? Well, he, you know, first off, if you think the lion is going to be in this exact spot, you're going to be wrong, you know, 99 out of a hundred times. So what I do is I wait for the lion to roar and then I go, go to where I think I heard the lion roar. And then I look for tracks. And when I find a track, I see which way they're going. And then I keep my, I keep, I'm in the present, I'm alert and aware, and eventually I'll find the lion. And it's, I think it's a great metaphor for living. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, you know, who knows where you know, your, your health is going to be, your business business, your relationships. But if today, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, you, you eat right, exercise, uh, educate yourself, work hard, uh, be kind, uh, you'd be proactive with your relationships. And guess what? You can put together a few days like that and you've made a lot of progress. And so it's kind of almost the, uh, you know, you don't, I, I think it's great to have goals, but you can't be locked on to something. Sure. Like I'm a, I, I love uh, growing uh, tomatoes and I've got a bunch of tomatoes, just starting to get a bunch of tomatoes right now for the next few months. I've got all the tomatoes I can eat. Right. But earlier on when they were sprouting and you've done it too, you're, you're, you know, you're a gardener as well. You can't, you, you can't plant a tomato seed and every three days, pull it out the roots to see if it's growing or not. Mm -hmm. What you're going to do is you're going to plant the seed. You're going to make sure it gets water. You're going to make sure it, you put it in the sun. You make sure that you fertilize the soil. You keep Keep the weeds away and then you let nature take its course sure and i think that's a certain amount of what we've got to do too you know you have some long-term goals and then you just every friggin' day try to move forward absolutely and you know as you're saying that um it's kind of like the next action you know like yeah. you said okay i got to this point what's the next action yep. i got to take what's the next action i got to take and you know another great uh productivity uh, time efficient system is uh, getting things done by david allen and i'm a big proponent of that too and that's basically what he says in in his in his getting things done is okay what is the next action i have to do for this big project i'm working on okay i gotta call jim right yeah and then i gotta send Susie the email and then it kind of sometimes it feels like i'm not getting any work done but you are it's just slower right <laughs> it's just that next step that next step but so, you, you know what's interesting is like uh yeah the story goes and i'm probably you know, messing the story up but but uh uh you know uh, andrew carnegie uh, uh, uh was it andrew carnegie uh, anyway i i believe it was uh, uh 
uh, that, that had a big steal. Was it Andrew Carnegie that had the big steal uh, with Monopoly a hundred years ago? Yeah, it's a Carnegie, but it's not Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie wrote, wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People. That was Dale. Oh, Dale Carnegie. Then it is Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie, steal. Yep. Okay, good enough. I got the story then. Well, another great way to look at time management, you talk about the next thing, to do the next thing, right? And sometimes it doesn't feel like enough, is that the legend has it that Andrew Carnegie, the great steel mogul from 120 or 140 years ago, however long it was, he one time uh, asked, he wanted a, t a time management, you know, a productivity uh, uh, expert to come and, and give him some advice. So the guy came and analyzed his project and spent a couple days with him and said, all right, tell you what, this is what I want you to do make a list of all the things that are most important for you to do okay and do as much and, and write them in order of importance from one to ten and start the, your day by doing number one and go as far as you can either finish it if you can't finish go as far as you absolutely can and when you're done go to two and go down the list and then the next day do another list and do the same thing and so Andrew Carnegie goes uh, all right man what do I owe you he goes I'll tell you what uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the time management expert says don't pay me anything I've uh, just promised to do this for a month, and when we, at the end of a month, you let me, you, you tell me what it was worth, okay? <laughs> so, so Andrew Carnegie does this system, and the guy comes back a month later and says, you changed my business, this is friggin' incredible, and writes a check for like $20,000, and that's when that would be, you know, comparable to a half a million now or something, because that method looks so effective. We work so effectively, and what's interesting is a lot of times you think, well, man, there's a lot of stuff I'm not getting done. If you're busting your butt on most important things, you, your other way, you wouldn't have got it done. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, a, and by the way, I'd like to say I follow this system. 100% of the time. Sure. <laughs> but if I told you that, I'd be lying. This is this is an area for me that as I say this, I go, ah, you know, there's about five things that popped into my head that I got to do the next thing that I should be doing right now. Well, I think what you're talking about is just that prioritization because yeah. it seems like, you know, the, the busier you get, you just have more and more stuff you got to get done and there's no way you could do it all in one day or even one week. And so I find myself constantly at least on a weekly basis, if not monthly basis, I got to get everything that's in my brain out on a piece of paper because mm -hmm. they're rattling around yep. in my brain of, oh, I got to get this, I got to get this. And okay, stop, get it all out on paper and then go through that prior. What's the most important thing exactly like you said? Yeah. So another aspect of kind of the Satori lifestyle and, and, and uh, you know, is is our ability to uh, to deal with stress. Right. And, and stress isn't necessarily good or bad. It just is. And everybody has it. It's it's there's so many things that we that we can do to uh, either magnify it or minimize mm -hmm. it. And usually when I magnify the stress, guess who caused that stress? It's me. It's my perception on how I'm looking at things. Right. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things that, that that I've really been focusing on, like, for example, I just got back from uh, uh, the the martial arts super show late mm -hmm. last night and mm -hmm. the, fl the the flight was delayed by 45 minutes then we ended up on the tarmac for uh, an extra hour and nothing man it's nothing big deal now if if i didn't watch it i could let that stuff get to me right mm -hmm. but i honestly that really doesn't bother me much anymore because i look at that as my chance to practice mm -hmm. not reacting to the situation and it's something that that i don't always get it right but when i'm conscious of it uh i'm not as affected by the negativity of those around me any thoughts on this process or how you might have applied this oh man so much i mean over the years i mean you've taught me a lot of this stuff but i feel you know something really simple i got from my uncle uh, a few years ago was halt and, and that's basically stop stop and take a breath anytime you're hungry angry lonely or tired love it or a love combination it. of one of two or three of those right, all at right. the same time right, right. and so 
you know, I know for me, it's, it's a lot of times like I'm just hungry. I'm just angry or I'm just, <laughs> I'm just tired. I need yep. to stop and take a minute and just decompress for mm-hmm. a second. Um, I think, you know, it, it all comes down to good habits, yep. right? When we're eating right, when we're getting enough sleep, when we're exercising, we're always at our best. It's, it's when, you know, we didn't get enough sleep yep. and we didn't get that exercise or we you know, didn't eat right. Um, but, but I think the halt that you just said, you know, hungry, angry, uh, lonely, tired is, is a nice formula for it. Cause you're not always going to get enough sleep. That's the whole point. Yep. You know, you're going to miss meals. There's going to be stuff that comes up. And so having a tool that helps you when that comes up is sure. it's going to come up, man. That, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to, that, that's a keeper. Yeah. And the, the other thing along this lines, and it seems so obvious, but uh, you know, it's better to have friends than enemies, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And and it's so easy to, uh, uh, if you don't watch it, you know, let, let your moods affect others in a negative fashion. And I know some of the things that I'm trying to do a better job with is if I'm in the, and it, not everybody, because some people you can you know, aren't receptive, but if I'm in an elevator at a hotel and someone comes in just to, you know, just to say, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, I like your shoes or, you know what I mean? You know, that kind of thing that just, uh, uh, I don't know if they feel better, but I feel better when I do it, you know, and what can I do? You know, one of our mastery mindsets is I, I make others feel important when I'm in their presence. And I think uh, in the bigger scheme of things, it just, it just helps you come full circle. Yeah. I mean, there's no downside in being kind, right? When you're kind to someone else, it just, it boosts how they feel, boosts how you feel. It's just, you know, it's definitely a game changer. I know for me, you know, trying to navigate, trying to, you know, grow as a person, you know, with my emotional intelligence, we, we hear that term a lot, emotional intelligence. I think anytime I've had a strong negative emotion, I think when I was younger, I would feel bad for feeling bad. If right. that makes sense. Right. Like, sure. like I'm not allowed to be angry or right. I'm not right. allowed to be, you know, whatever. And what I've come to learn just a lot from reading is we, we all have emotions, right? And the first thing is just to, to, to not, uh, to, to, to not, to just basically let it happen. Right. The more I try to repel that emotion and, and pretend like it's not there, it's basically going to make it worse. And then I'm going to identify it. Okay. What emotion am I actually feeling? And you know, I just, it's funny. I just took my son out to lunch and this morning he was kind of grumpy and I asked him, how you doing? And he just said, I just, I woke up in a grumpy mood. I just feel bad. You know, and I'm trying to dig in. Okay. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and, tr- and, and he's, He's still not at the age yet where he really knows what mm-hmm. he's feeling. He just feels bad. And so the more I can identify, okay, am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I, am I irritated? You know, and then it's okay. What triggered that? Mm-hmm. Right. And analyzing that and then, okay, I know it's not going to be permanent and it's, and it's going to go away eventually. And, and then, and then keeping yourself, you're going to feel anger and you can't sure. bottle it in, but keeping yourself from doing stupid stuff sure. when you're angry, you know, that kind of right. has to do with the halt that you talked about. It's like, all right, man, you know, the old phrase, who's a mighty person, one of those control their emotions is going to make friends with their enemies. So you probably remember the, the name of the, the Buddhist monk, uh, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Nong. that's the one. So he wrote a book in anger. And in that book, he, he said something I thought was really profound, which is, you know, give the analogy of a burning, burning house. Right. And so if I'm sitting in my house and the house cat and, and there's arsonists and they come by and they, they catch my, my house on fire. If I run after that arsonist, what happens to my house? My house burns down. 
right? But if I stay back and I put out the fire, I'm, you know, Arnstus is going to get away, but I'm going to put out the fire to my house. And so he kind of gave that analogy with anger is if, if someone says something to you or does something to you and it makes you angry, if I go after that person, I try to be angry at that person. That's basically me burning my own house. Right. And what you're saying Mm -hmm. is I need to stop and take a minute to decompress and breathe and sit with that. And that's me taking care of my house and then putting out that fire. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate my, our time, man. Always fun to, uh, you know, hanging with you and talking with you and, uh, 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 any, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? No, I think, you know, this is a, a great podcast and I just, you know, appreciate you and, uh, you know, with being a martial artist, it's, it's, you know, we, we, we try to live that martial arts lifestyle where it's not just about fighting, right? You know, we love kicking and punching and sparring and grappling and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully at the end of the day, we're also trying to become better people and we're trying to pass that on to our students. So absolutely, man. Thanks for yeah. being a great example oh, of that. Thank you, sir. No, it's like, uh, it's a good life. It's not easy, but it's a good life. And you know, sir. it's always important to try, try to try, you know, anyway, uh, aspire to be the person we know we can be it's not always easy sir thanks for tuning in guys and if you enjoy the podcast please like and share and and uh, subscribe and see you next time bye-bye